Watch him throw the ball, we gon' pick it off You gon' let him hit the hole or you gon' cut it off You gon' play through fourth and long or you gon' punt it off Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight You the type to wanna win by any means, right? You should look alive, this is Trapper Dive Yes sir, welcome back to another episode of the Trapper Dive Podcast Let me make sure my mic's straight, cause alright, there we go Ooh. I'm your host, Marley Moe. Um, AJ is backstage, about to go get him on. Dre is on the way. Uh, but let's get the administrative items while we are waiting. Um, if you're on the YouTube side, man, you just checking in, man. Make sure you hit that like button, make sure that subscribe button, bro. We definitely appreciate that. Um, Twitch side, same thing. If you just tapping in, if you are new, um, hit that follow button, man. We appreciate that. Um, and while we're on the YouTube side, if you haven't check check out Chuck. Checked out, <laughs> checked out the uh, the Jaden Daniels uh, prospect profile breakdown. Um, the three are up on YouTube right now. You can check out all three uh, if you haven't seen them. Uh, binge on them things right quick. Uh, Drake May is up next. He'll be out on his first one is out on Thursday. Um, so we will have Drake May coming up next uh, in his series. So uh, stay tuned for that one as well, and then we'll save. The big dog of the drag clash for last. Um, I don't know how everybody feel about that one, but uh, we're gonna sound like the we're gonna sound like uh we're gonna oh I'm over here reading will sounds check out all right bet appreciate you um but yeah we're gonna say the big dog for last Caleb Williams uh but he'll make sure he gets some he gets some uh some some spotlight over here but it's not just quarterbacks too by the way those are just the quarterbacks that we're talking about um uh, we're gonna have some tight ends offense offensive line uh However much I can get to, I'm a one-man gang over here. You know what I'm saying? I got a day job. <laughs> uh, audio side, man, if you are new to the audio side, may definitely appreciate y'all checking us out. Make sure you hit that follow button if you are brand new on whatever platform you are listening to. Give us a rating and review, man. It's free. You know, I ain't asking for too much. You know what I'm saying? Show some support. Let the let the people know uh, how you feel about Travel Dive, man. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, let's go ahead and get AJ in here right quick and appreciate you will for checking in um and everybody that's checking in live uh we got some things to talk about today but first and foremost aj what's going on with you player if you're talking you're muted by the way hey nothing much man cool how's everything going on yeah you can hear me yeah um just taking a little sip of water but um yeah, no, nah, things are good. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was a long day, but um, am I still that, muted? Nah, you're not muted. Can you hear me? Oh, AJ acting up, bruh. Oh, let me um, okay. let me go ahead and message you in the chat. I can hear you, but I don't think you can hear me. Also, that light. Behind you is bright as shit. Do you know that? <laughs> uh, but um, y'all don't wait. No, I got one more thing. You may have to. I can. Do- I can hear you. See. <laughs> That's funny. All right, you got me. Um, man, say so you got the interrogation light. What's <laughs> going on, Monty? Uh, let's go ahead and get Dre in here. Dre just checked in. Boom. What's going on with you, big dog? What's up, what's up, Dre? I'm trying to figure out why AJ looked like he in 1992 and we in 2024. Yeah, bro. Somebody <laughs> said they got the interrogation light on over there, bro. I don't think he where he hey, wanted to nah, be. It, <laughs> nah, this whole screen that joint looked like he was using 92 Polaroid. <laughs> Hey, bro. Good Lord. Uh, AJ, man, go ahead. Hey, I can't call it. I can't call it, man. Uh, I know we had a little interesting day. I don't know. Uh, we'd call it something spectacular, but I do think there were some nuggets here and there with Washington and uh, with some teams that may 
um, you know, be of importance uh, as the draft process moves along. So um, I, I do think uh, we got a few things to talk about today, uh, Dre. Um, where do we want to start? Because we know that Dan Quinn spoke. We know that Adam Peters spoke as well. He had some nuggets that he gave out. I don't think there was something like super uh, revealing. Um, I think the the biggest because his his actual pressure at the combine was different than what he gave Grant and Danny. Um, I don't know if you heard that one, Dre. Um, but he had some quote. Okay, yeah, he had some quotes coming out of that one. So that one was interesting. Uh, we got the franchise tag. Comments on the franchise tag. They they won't be using that on anybody. Um, but they did speak with Cam Curl. Um, so like, how do we? Where do we want to start, man? I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you the the lead, man. You got the you got the you running point right now. Where we where we going first? I mean, oh, and we got a conversation about Sam. Ha- uh, I said Sam. Ha- oh. Um. Uh. Uh. The number two overall pick. Uh. Should the number two overall pick be competing for the starting job once he gets drafted in Washington? We have that. Is that, what we that, that really that really drove me crazy. It's I'm giving you point. I'm saying, but those are no, the, that's we got fine. some options. Yeah, we can actually start with that. I mean, I actually think that's a ridiculous conversation, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, yes, I I and, agree. But you know, but but you know what really threw me, Dre, is like I didn't I realized it was a ridiculous conversation, but it was so ridiculous that the the feedback and pushback that I was getting confused me. I'm like, there's so many people that agrees with this, but the kicker is, and this is what I think is most important. You never know, like people disguise themselves. Like if they're a, if they're a stand, they disguise themselves like the house, the house stands, or the Drake May stands, or the Jaden Daniels stands, or Caleb stands. They disguise themselves and how they how they talk to people. So I'm like, where is this stuff coming from? And then lo and behold, the people who are actually giving you pushback are the people who are also the the same case of trade back, build build the team up give Sam Howell another shot. And then I'm like, oh, it all makes sense. Uh, I'll give you the floor. But what you what you think about this? Because I, I like you said, you said it's ridiculous. I'm, I'm actually honestly in the same boat. No, it's ridiculous. And you're right, Maul, about how people disguise themselves. And you can always tell who they are. They, you know, they, they have the same kind of conversations, the same talking points. But they'll tell you something like, oh, I don't really care. You know, I, I'm with whatever they want, but they're still driving the point that they want to drive home about the player that they like. But with the whole competition thing, the irony in that is a lot of these same people that scream in competition, oh, yeah, we should just make them compete. They didn't want a competition last year with Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett. Everyone just said, yeah, Sam should have a job. You know, what's the point of starting Brissett? So now they don't see that when you draft a guy number two, I mean, this is a guy you're putting a high investment in. And you're telling him he has to compete with his peer. This isn't a mentor situation. You know, that's something that's a conversation we'll likely get into for the rest of this show as well. But this isn't a situation where the young draft picks coming in to compete with a mentor. And maybe they want him to sit behind a mentor for a couple of games. Uh, Justin Herbert, I believe, did that with the Chargers to start off. But this is a situation where he will be competing against his peer. You know, what is the point of that? Like, if you see Sam Howell as that type of guy that could start over a number two pick in the draft, then why are you drafting a quarterback at number two? Like, it just doesn't even make sense to me because that that number two pick should have every resource available for his development. He shouldn't have anything factoring in against him as far as competition-wise, like, you know, he's looking over his shoulder. And I also feel like that's going to be a thing here, even if Sam Howell stays. I feel like... At some point, you know, if he makes mistakes. You got a fan base that still loves this guy, Sam Howell. And everybody's like, oh, man, Sam can go out there and do better than that. Or Sam, you know, Sam should get this chance. So, you know, it's one of those things to the point where I actually feel like it's not even beneficial to have Sam around as a backup. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it just, you know, it, you can do something else there. But for me, the only way I would say he can compete, this number two draft pick can compete, is if you are bringing in a mentor that you want him to learn from for a bit, you know, learn the game. You're not learning anything from your peer in a sense, especially a guy that's probably just as raw as anybody in this damn draft, even with two years of NFL experience. Like Sam hasn't solidified himself as the guy in this league or as a, a certified star in this league to even put on that level. So 
for me, no, the conversation about having a competition with the number two pick is absolutely ridiculous, especially with Sam Howell. Yeah, bro. I think I'm in that same boat. And, and the more frustrating thing is like understanding. Now, you touched on a lot of things, Dre, with, with the topic. So I'll, I'll try to like skim over my like my my high level views. Um, but but I think that when you look at uh, Washington's situation, right, at what point has anybody seen Washington have the number two overall pick in recent years, or let's just say a top three draft pick overall in recent years, draft a quarterback and then say, uh, yeah, man, let's go ahead and, and let him compete with Sam Howell. And if he isn't ready yet, cool. Like, there's no big deal. Let's just go ahead and let him sit for a little bit till he's ready to go. I've seen people shout out to Alex. That's my that's my boy from Hog, uh, the Hog Style. But I've seen Alex say uh, along the lines of, "Yeah, man, um, it's I, I I think that they should. I think that they should uh, if they do draft a quarterback or two, they should still not even let him play uh, and, and let him and 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 let him uh, sit for like a month until they can figure out their offense, the interior offensive line play out. And in my head, I'm like, like a scenario like that plays out. It's like." Well, if you want to give them a timetable now before you even draft a guy, why is a why is it a month? Why do you give him a month to sit? Like, what makes you think that he's gonna be ready in a month if you already want him to sit? Like, before you even figure out if he can play or not. Um, secondly, before you can even figure out how how the rest of the team is gonna look, like if you if you feel this way about that quarterback, right, and that one angle, what makes you think anybody and 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 shout out to Linnell. Linnell said, um, I, I'm, I'm over here telling you, what makes you think that anybody's going to believe that this person is the right pick when, when August or September comes around and he's, and he's not your week one starter, right? And he's saying you can't be worried about perception if, this, if there's a competition going on, right? And that, and that number two overall pick loses the, loses the QB battle. That makes no sense. Um, I mean, it, it makes sense. But it makes, it makes no sense from the standpoint of it's not about perception. It's about reality. Odds are you don't draft a guy that high overall at number two if he's not the person that you're going to put out there in week one. That you're not going to give all the resources and time and investment to become to become ready by week one to start for your team, right? Only for them to say, "Yeah, we're going to have this competition." But if he loses, you know, we're not going to hide. We're not going to hide that. Um, I, I just think honestly, when you look about when you think about competition, uh, when you draft the number two overall pick. At, for quarterback uh there shouldn't be any it should be it should be more about we're going to give this guy every opportunity to succeed until he shows us that he can't play it's not about what these two are going to do it's about this person and this person only you are the backup and and i think ultimately even when you think about rg3 like that was the last time you had a number two overall pick right um and what happened in in training camp he was the bonafide number one guy. There was no questions about who he like, no questions about who exactly should be the number one quarterback there. Uh, you think about Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins was the number one, but guess what everybody was saying on, on social media? Like, it's like what they always do with Sam Howell last year. You mentioned it. Um, he should be the number one guy, no question. Um, Dwayne Haskins, why is he he threw the touchdown in Cincinnati in the preseason? Why isn't he starting? <laughs> he, but he had Case Keenum over him. You know, but, and, and that was a myth. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's where I'm getting at. Like, I was on the side of he ain't ready yet. Like, if they say he ain't ready, believe that he ain't ready. Like, and 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 I think that's the situation where you really have to be insulated uh uh with a quarterback. Like, if you got a veteran, right? This isn't this isn't like a a, a Baltimore Ravens situation where Joe Flacco was there for Lamar. This isn't a Green Bay situation where Aaron Rodgers was there for Jordan Love. This <clears throat> wasn't a Kansas City situation where uh Alex Smith was there for Pat Mahomes. Uh this isn't a situation where Tyrod Taylor was there for Josh Allen. This isn't a situation where uh Tyrod Taylor is there for Justin Herbert. Like there's so many other instances that tells you like these guys like they have a structure in place that allows these people to sit a little bit. And that that will make things a little bit more easier on a, on a new regime, but you're getting this guy at number 2 to start you're getting this guy at number two to win you games by week one, and you're going to do everything you can to make sure that he's ready. And, and Mo, what, yeah, what I mean, I think. Go, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. 
Oh, no, I was just going to say, man, I, I think a lot of people don't understand the the workings of how how it is to be a quarterback, one, in general, but then even in the league. Like, if you're sitting on the bench, what are you really learning? Like, you you have to you have to actually put that stuff on tape of what you're seeing, like in the film room, like you got to be able to execute those plays. You can only get those opportunities if you're on the field. Um, like, I don't, I don't understand why people are even considering Sam Howe as being in a competition. Cause at the end of the day, he's going to be learning a new system once again, and he's not a veteran in the league. So it just makes it kind of hard for you to, you know, pinpoint this guy should be in competition as you described Maul. Like when Tyrod was in San Diego or L.A. Chargers, however you want to call it, uh, with Justin Herbert, Tyrod been a, a Pro Bowl quarterback pr- pr- uh, prior to that, led a team to the the championship. I'm mean, not the championship, but the playoffs. And he also was uh, working under Anthony Lynn, who was the O.C. for the Buffalo Bills. So he had the familiarity over the system over Justin Herbert. Like those are prime examples where you could possibly start a guy for you know, several weeks throughout the system, uh, I mean, out the season. But at the end of the day, there's no reason that we should even be talking about Sam Howell uh, possibly being the starter or a competition until that rookie is prepared to play. Like, it just doesn't make sense. We're, we're not even really sure if Sam Howell may even be on the roster. because Trade interest, that's what we hear. With, yeah, we, we started the week off with uh, a, a reputable reporter, you know, putting out there that he heard that there was a third round interest in regards to him. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, who knows if he's going to stay on the roster or get moved. But I still think that this team needs to bring in a veteran quarterback just to solidify that QB room. Aside from the the coaching staff of Kingsbury, Brian Johnson and uh, Tavia Pritchard. And, and let me just add to this, you know, it's something else I've been seeing what some of the fans have been kind of doing and they talk about, well, they always want to bring up Green Bay situation and how they bring up franchise quarterbacks. And they say, well, that's the right way to do it. But when has Washington had a Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers to allow a guy to transition into that moment? We haven't had that situation. So you can't compare us to Green Bay. Like who was our rookies going to sit behind for years? Case Keenum? Alex Smith? No, I mean, it's not realistic to kind of compare the two scenarios. Sure, it's the ideal way. I would love to have the Green Bay system where you have a franchise quarterback for 10 to 15 years and you can draft his replacement, well, his eventual replacement, and have him sit for three to four years like Green Bay does. But we have never had Green Bay's luxury of having back-to-back franchise guys, so we're not the same situation. Yeah. Um, last thing, do we trade or keep Sam Howell? What's the what's the play here? Um I I'm I'm in the I don't have a problem keeping him, but I'm not too confident about like keeping him with like just him and the rookie. I, I think I would keep him no, I'm sorry, let me actually be more definitive. I say trade him if you can literally get a third form. If you get a third form, let him go. Um, hey, to be but, to, to be honest with you, Mo, um, I would take a fifth round pick for Sam. <laughs> like I, I would take a fifth round pick if we are offered a fifth round pick. I'm not sure you'll ever get more than that for him. I mean, I don't. I mean, I know that the report was out there that you could possibly get a third, or he's gone or in that type of interest. But I don't know the validity of that report. Like I just don't see you getting that high of a pick. If you do get that high of a pick, you take that immediately. But personally, I would take a fifth round pick at this point because. If I'm drafting a guy at number two, obviously this is the guy I'm viewing as my future. And like, you know, AJ and you also said, I would prefer a veteran quarterback to back up my rookie. Like, I don't want a third-year guy that we still have question marks about what he can do in this league behind the quarterback or if he could be a legitimate backup. Because right now, I don't even know if Sam Howe is a legitimate backup in this league. I do think that he can be that one day, maybe one to two years from now. But as of right now, I don't know if Sam could come in a pinch and win you a ball game. Because we've seen the last, you know, at the end of the season or the last 10 weeks or nine weeks or whatever it was, Sam never showed the flash 
of anything. He, he didn't show a flash of a starting quarterback. He didn't show a flash of a guy that can go out there and win you games at, you know, for the rest of those for, for the rest of the season. So you gotta wonder if he comes in the game in a pinch, if defenses are already gonna be like, well, all we gotta do is beat Sam how we know that's his weakness and that's what we're gonna do. We're and that that's the game plan. Like, so I don't know if he can be a legitimate backup right now. I do think he can be that in this NFL at one point, but I also think Sam needs to learn some more. I think the ideal situation for Sam is to learn behind a veteran quarterback. Just like I think the ideal situation for our number two pick, be it be it as a quarterback, I think his ideal situation is having a veteran guy behind him. So the role should be reversed in a sense. And I don't think Sam will have that here, which would be his ideal situation. And I don't think that's what we need at this point. So if I can get a fifth round pick for Sam, which is what we drafted him with, I would take the fifth round pick for him. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, Dre. Um, I would definitely move on from Sam Howell. Uh, I think even Sam Howe, the best situation, like you stated, is for him to be behind uh, a veteran, uh, whether that be Aaron Rodgers, even a Justin Herbert, uh, Joe Burrow, if, you know, maybe they want to go with different directions besides Browning, uh, Tua Tungvaloa. You know, like, we, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks that were the starters got injured during the season and, and a lot of backups had to play. I think there's value in having a guy who has been able to play the amount of games that Sam Howe has being that last year was like his first year getting in the start. But overall in that quarterback room, there's, there's really not much he can bring to it right now. If you're going to draft the quarterback at number two, uh, he's just another body <laughs> taking up a, a roster spot. You still got to bring in that veteran that can help on and off the field as Sam Howe even alluded to during the season, Jacoby Brissett was a major help for him, you know, preparing for his regular season debut and the rest of the weeks throughout the year. Um, it's it's of importance to have a veteran presence so that you can help your guys get groomed to the league and also have that rapport with someone within that room and not have to rely so much on the coaching or the positional coaches. But what are you trading them? For like that, that's what we or was it was it literally the fifth round pick that you? Oh, I was literally Dre? agreeing with with Dre a fifth round pick. I think that's okay. his true value. I I can't say uh I can't say that third round pick makes sense to me. Uh, I don't know how that necessarily came about. But if we're sitting here thinking that Justin Fields is going to get traded from the Bears for a possibly second round pick, how could Sam Howell be worth a third? Like it just okay. doesn't add up. All right. Um. All right, so let's get to Adam Peters, fellas. Um, he spoke a couple times. Like I said, he spoke on at the presser, and then he had an interview with Grant and Daniel 106.7. Um, what was some takeaways from – oh, I'm sorry, Dan Quinn spoke too. Shoot, we got a couple couple people. I'm, now, I missed the Dan Quinn one. Uh, I've been ripping and running, but I know y'all probably got me covered. Dre, did you listen to Dan Quinn at all? I got some I, quotes. I, but- I did listen to him. Yeah, I did. Okay, cool, 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 cool. All right, so we got Adam Peters at the top. Um, did we did we get anything from his interview uh, on the on the podium uh, at all? For me, uh, Adam Peters, man, he he's kind of like a politician. He doesn't give you much. I mean, he says just enough of what he has to say. Um, I did like the relevant talking points about what they look for in a quarterback, you know, the certain traits. And then, of course, there was, the, um, you know, him also mentioning how the assistant coaches have put together certain pl- uh, player profiles and they give those player profiles to the scouts to kind of identify the type of players that the position group coaches are looking for. I mean, those are some of the things that just stand out to me as far as what I like, because to me, that's an attention to detail. Like they have a specific attack plan on how they want to build this roster, you know, and also I think maybe the one that kind of stood out to a lot of people was his comments on free agency. Now, you know, obviously we have the 90, well, I, I don't know the exact number of what we have. I just know we probably have the most cap space and a lot of fans are probably expecting us to spend most of that cap. But Adam Peters kind of dialed back on that a little bit. He was basically like, you know, I don't think that's the way we're going to build our team is spending all of our cap this year. You know, I didn't get to hear uh, get a chance to hear him elaborate on, you know, what why why that's the plan for them or why they don't think that's the route they want to go. But I did think that was interesting because a lot of fans are kind of expecting a lot of splashes of free agency. I mean, who knows? Adam Peters could be, you know, he could be fluff. It, you know, he, he's a politician in the sense that he's not giving you too much. He's not giving away the plan. 
But at this point, it's kind of like I'm tempering my expectations of maybe what they're going to do in free agency. And that kind of goes back to uh, Cam Curl, his comments on Cam Curl. Like, what are they going to do with Cam Curl? Um, he mentioned they spoke with his reps and they're going to continue those conversations. But he also said he's not using a franchise tag on um, <laughs> Cam Curl. So you got to wonder if they don't get a deal done with Cam. I mean, how much of a priority is Cam? Like, uh, you know, are they going to set the limit on what they want to give Cam? Because Cam does seem like he wants his payday at this point. So now, if, you know, if they don't go to Cam route, obviously they're going to. Uh oh, Drayden, Drayden dropped again, <laughs> hey. bro. I'm it, it's Streamyard. Like at the end of the day, it's Streamyard. But you think so? You know, I was having the same issues yesterday, and it it don't make sense. Like, oh, okay, I'm, no, I'm, I'm on that side. Okay. So, but either way, uh, just to piggyback off of what Dre was saying. Uh, with Adam Peters, yeah, he pretty much alluded to the fact that they won't be using a franchise tag on Cam Curl, uh, but they have been speaking with his representatives. That's one of the key things that happens alongside with watching the prospects and, and having interviews uh, with those prospects at the combine. A lot of the, a lot of the agents also have clients that are participating, but they still have active guys on roster so you're able to have those conversations with the gms everyone is there it's a it's a big ass hub so those are things that will help them get an idea of what cam curl is looking to receive on that uh on the free agency market and even getting a better understanding of the free agency market at that position and and what it could possibly be like having a forecast i, I think that is what really will dictate what happens with cam curl if it's a similar market to last last year where like a CJ Gardner Johnson uh, ended up signing for a one year, six, six million dollar deal, it's going to be a bit tough for Cam Curl to to get maybe 14 million because he doesn't necessarily have the statistical um uh, things to to rely on to help him negotiate even further that he's making impactful plays as far as turning the ball over. And you also have this coaching staff that has familiarity with a free agent that's on the market that will be um, much cheaper than what Cam Curl is asking for. And that's Jerron Curse, who played the Buffalo Nickel for them in Dallas, about 6'4", 220. Um, that also helps. So, We'll see how it plays out for Cam Curl in that situation. But, you know, Adam Peters didn't really reveal too much in his presser uh, as expected. And as many of the other GMs across the NFL landscape, they're not going to say too much. Uh, some people are running with a comment uh, about uh, not being, I think he said something about like not being a big spender in the free agency, what have you. But you can't tip your hand to, to let agents <laughs> – uh, and, and teams and, and players know that you plan on just spending all your money in cap just because you have one of the the top spots as, as far as availability. You can't go out there and say, yeah, we plan on spending a bunch of free agency. But, um, yeah, overall, I think it was a, a good presser. Um, he didn't really reveal too much, and, and that's all you really ask out of those opportunities when you get in front of the media. But I, I do think there's something to say about uh, – the idea behind what Peters is saying with free agency. Um, because if the, the cop, if the, if the issue is, so like put it this way, um, who is this? Mitch Tisler posted, uh, this quote for, from Adam Peters on the speed of the roster build. And he says that we want to build responsibly. And I don't know if going after a bunch of high price free agents sets you up for the long term. Um, and then as well as uh, on the Grant and Danny show, he mentioned when asked uh, about having the most money to spend in free agency, he said 90 million is a big number, but we'll spend a lot less than that. Uh, I don't want to set too high of expectations. There's a lot of holes we need to fill, but we're always going to be a team that builds through the draft. Um, essentially, that's not the exact words, but uh, I think even still like those uh, quotes align with, even what he said on day one when he did his intro pressure. Um, and, and I think the expectations part probably is a message, is a dual message to both the fan base and uh, like you mentioned, was a good point to agents and 
free agents. Uh, but that I don't think that necessarily means that they're going to spend all 90 in one offseason. Like they may get a high price free agent or two, but they may do like a ton of like tier two, tier three shopping, like whatever that looks like. Um, but I think that's kind of what he's telling us in these instances because he knows like if I can identify that person that's already in the NFL that fits the mold of what we want to look for in our players, right. That we want to play for, or, or that they want, that we want to play for us. That is what that looks like. Um, it's interesting to see that uh, Adam Peters acknowledged that, you know, they've been having, where's the exact quote that I saw with camp girl. Um, he said that, um, Adam Peters all but confirmed this. They won't use the franchise tag on Cam Curl. Uh, and then he said, I can just say from playing against them, when I was in San Fran, he was always one of the best players on the defense, a guy we had to watch out for, a guy we had to game plan for. So he has a lot of respect for him. I've heard great things about him. We're definitely going to explore that and see if it fits into our overall plans. Um, another angle to that is understanding. I remember when Ron, when he was – when he did run his mouth too much, he would always say he can't give like ringing endorsements or, or something like, like we want him back or something, things like that, of that nature to the media, because like it, it lose he loses leverage. So at the very least, can uh, Adam Peters said, like gave his highest praises to cam curl in the media without saying we, we want to get him back or like definitively speaking in that manner. So, um, it is interesting to see like how they're going to view him. Um, and, and the more I think about that, like, I'm sure Cam is going to get his. He's going. He's. I mean, he's clearly testing the market. He's not going to tag him. But I think that's the only. That's probably the the main takeaway that I got from uh, his his messaging uh, yesterday. Adam Peters in, in in particular, he didn't really share too much about quarterbacks. He he really talked about the money that they had, but he also talked about uh, free agency and the idea of spending as well as the, the franchise tag. Yeah, I mean, and I'm sorry about the technical difficulties. Apparently, Google Chrome has changed something where they're freezing if you have a background. So my oh, shit cutting off. that's what it is. Yeah. I'm on. Yeah. I'm on. What is this? Microsoft Edge. No, so and I just is. switched the Edge. So I, yeah, I had to because I was on Chrome and it crashed a couple times. But anyway, no, I mean, yeah, like I said, I mean, Adam Peters. I mean, he, you know, for me, I actually like him. I mean, I also think he's not too comfortable in front of a camera. I mean, if you haven't noticed, he's like he gives short answers, he gives vague answers, which is fine. He's like a scout by heart and like dan quinn is like the exact opposite like dan quinn he gives you a lot like i listened to a little bit of his presser today and dan quinn gives you like long-winded detailed answers which is cool too you know and um but one of the common things with those two is talking about what they're looking for what type of player they're looking for and i like how creative the reporters are kind of getting with their questions because they know that these guys aren't going to give them too much like when dan quinn had an interesting answer to one of the reporters questions and it asked adam peters essentially the same question it was like can you kind of break down the type of quarterback you're looking for Adam Peters kind of went into a bit. I mean, um, Dan Quinn went into a little bit more detail than Adam um, Peters. He left it up to fan speculation in a sense as to who he's talking about. He's like, yeah, I like the mental toughness, the physical toughness. I like the guy that can break away in the pocket and he can make off-schedule plays and he can turn a bad play into a good play. Accuracy on his the deep legs. Ball. Yes, accuracy. He can stand tall and, you know, all of these type of things. So now fans are left speculating like, oh, man, he's talking about Jaden Daniels. Oh, man, he's talking about Caleb Williams. Oh, he's talking about Drake May. So you can kind of go in any direction. But in a sense, it's kind of like, yeah, he is kind of – alluding to one of those guys you would think at least you know that's what they're going with so i mean it, it's kind of interesting to see the contrast between peters and quinn and the type of answers they give because peters ain't giving you that much like adam is like yeah you know we like this guy and then adam kind of had a slip up with his um he said we're, we're i gotta go find a new quarterback after he was talking about brock Purdy. You know, he was mentioning he found Brock Purdy. Man, I'm here in D.C. and I have to find a new quarterback. And Ma, I'm not sure if you could find um, the quote he mentioned about Trey Lance and the things he learned about the Trey Lance trade. I don't know if that was on the Grant and Danny show or if that was in the press conference, but I also thought that was interesting because I had never heard him speak on uh, the Trey Lance thing. And that was one of the kind of 
things that some people in this area have brought up as maybe one of the questions we want to ask Adam Peters, like what was his involvement in the Trey Lance trade? What did he learn from it? And um, I don't have it verbatim, but I know he mentioned something about he used the Trey Lance process as a learning curve. And he mentioned that, you know, yeah, they love Trey Lance and they like what they've seen of him, but unfortunate circumstances led to him not being the guy in San Francisco. And he learned from that process. So you gotta kind so of what I what, what I had yeah. what I had from Trey Lance. This is from JP Finley. He said any trade is a data point. I think the world of trade, there's a lot of different things with him or with anybody that goes into the level of success that you have. I did learn a lot from that trade. That's the that's the one Trey Lance quote that I got. So maybe there's another that, one. That's, that's the one. Not, that, okay. Yeah, I think that's what I was kind of alluding to. I mean, he again, he doesn't give you much, but he pretty much talks about what he learned and from the process. We still don't know what his full involvement was with that trade. But again, it's just good to learn from those type of things. But I mean, overall, man, I'm just excited to, you know, get this combine started, to, you know, kind of, you know, see who they're going to be meeting with this week. I mean, obviously, I think they said they got to meet with uh, Jada Daniels tomorrow. So, you yep, know, tomorrow. who knows what comes of that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting hearing some of the stuff coming out of Indy this week. Um, Yeah. Uh, Dan Quinn, you mentioned the, the conversation about quarterback. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that, and, and to an extent, all three of them, the top three guys, have some of those like they flash every single one of those things. So it's like, if you want to, if you like the people out there want to clamor, <laughs> he talk about Jaden, he talk, oh, we finna trade up, get Caleb. Are we some people take even a say the mate. <laughs> We need that. I'm about to mute. I'm about to mute every single one of them who keeps saying that. Um, <laughs> but we gonna go get Sam. I mean, we gonna keep Sam. Yeah, late, I know. I, I had late. Sam Howe muted since probably October fifth, twenty twenty three. So I don't even see that. I don't even see that man name. Like my first time seeing it in the last what several months was when we planned the segments for today <laughs> my goodness I, I don't blame you bro but um yeah like funny enough he mentions all those traits and i think obviously that's kind of today's today's game bro you, you got to be able to create it ain't no we ain't messing with no statues in the pocket um he also mentioned the playoff loss to green bay i don't i mean he said those are games that leaves a scar that team had been excellent Oh, it's and it, it can't be no, it can't be the Google. I mean, uh, it can't be the Google Chrome now. Um, but those games are explosive. I mean, those games leave a scar. The team had been excellent about not allowing explosive plays, and certainly that game, that was a game that wasn't. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, are we missing anything in particular? I do know if there was one thing that I did want to touch on for a brief second. Um, who was it? I think it was the GM for the Bears where he mentioned um you know i don't know i don't i don't i don't know if we're going to trade justin fields but if we do i want to do right by him um yeah. let me look at oh sorry so you know what i'm talking about because i'm trying to find yeah right that, that's that's what he said um yeah i mean i think that's the right thing to do and that's what any team if they were to move on from justin fields with one as well you would want him to get in to your program as soon as possible ota start uh, you would also like to be able oh. to formulate your free agency plan uh, correctly because if you are going to move on, Justin Fields needs to be on a, a another team as soon as the league year starts because that's so going to change how you handle your free agency. So here's the here's the quote right quick, and then we can kind of discuss it for a quick second. We can we can really wrap this wrap this thing up right quick. But here we go. This is uh Bears for those that's listening. Those this is Bears GM Ryan Poles on if the team decides to draft the quarterback, a, a quarterback with the number one overall pick. If you decide to draft the quarterback, what is your motivation to take Justin before forty? Starts knowing that there might be a pick. Yeah, again, it just depends on what opportunities pop up. Um, I will say this: um, since you guys know me uh, well enough now, I do. If we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. What is, what is your... 
So in all, um, another thing that Adam Schefter added is that uh, he doesn't think it'll be right to not trade Justin before free agency begins. That's also what you alluded to, AJ. So I think if there's one thing for sure that we'll know about where Washington stands in, in this quarterback situation during the draft is if Justin Fields does get traded within the next couple of weeks. Um, that that is That is ultimately what's going to tell it. Um, already made my bet. They're they're trading Justin. Um, I, I think that even him acknowledging this is is public publicly acknowledging Justin. We're gonna make sure that you good, bro. But we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna deuces. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, in the next week or so, uh, we should be knowing at, at least what's gonna happen if one of the teams are gonna move up to possibly number one. Uh, or Justin Fields will get get moved. You'll start hearing even more uh, rumors about it. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not necessarily a better man, but I still feel strongly that the Chicago Bears are going to keep Justin Fields and, and build around him and and, and trade that pick. Uh, that's just my gut feeling. You said what? You said you feel strongly about that? Yeah, I feel I feel strongly about it. Like. Um, I feel like you bullshitting. You just I'm don't want to let us know that you bullshitting. You bullshitting. I'm not bro. saying that Washington necessarily might be able to pull off the trade, but I don't believe that. I don't believe that Chicago will draft Caleb Williams. That's just my opinion on that. Uh, but it, like I said, this week is important with these conversations. You could pretty much talk about anything. You could run into guys within hallways, hotels. Um, you could be at lunch or, or dinner at one of these spots in shitty ass Indianapolis. And <laughs> we, <laughs> hey, AJ, we need you there. Why you not I'm in Indianapolis say, right you, now? You're supposed to be nah, boots man. on the ground, bro. Reporting. We're gonna put you on our shorts on the YouTube channel, bro. Nah, I don't have I don't have no guys or whatever, and I'm kind of stepping away from that shit anyway. So um <laughs> all good with that. That's the last place I want to be, Indianapolis. Like that place sucks. Don't they but got good steak or something like that? I wouldn't know. <laughs> My bad player. I be try. I be trying to get in and out, but uh, yeah. Uh, overall, it's just an opportunity for them to have these conversations and see what what happens. But I think uh, Peter King, who wrote his final piece for Sports Illustrated, uh, positioned something that I also positioned on here a couple weeks ago, where it's like. Hey, Chicago could move on from the number one pick. You know, whatever slot they end up, you know, trading to, they could move down again and acquire even more picks and be able to truly build around Justin Fields, not just on the offensive side of the ball, but defensively as well, to prepare their team to get to the next level and hopefully keep their jobs, Ryan Poles and Matt Uberfluss. Um, that's that's what I think is a real possibility. And, I would love to be in Ryan Poe's position because if I could get Washington to move up from um, from two to one and they take Kayla Williams and I'm sitting at two now, I can force a team to come up to try to get Jaden Daniels or Drake May and possibly still keep my picks within the, the top ten. I still got a, a – wait, I think they got the ninth or the tenth pick overall. Yeah, they got the uh, right. pick. Oh, okay. Yeah, but then I could move back again, acquire an additional second round pick and a future first. Like it's just moves that they can make to acquire more assets and get some talented players in this draft. Because currently the Chicago Bears don't have a second because that was traded to Washington for Montez Sweat. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they would want to get back into the fold of the second round as there there will be a lot of talented guys on the offensive offensive side and defensive side of the ball. Uh, come second round of the draft. Look, now, AJ kind of did what I've been saying that a lot of fans did with um, Dan Quinn's comments. Like, you can apply it to the position you want to take. Like, oh, he's talking about this quarterback. So AJ's stance is he took from Ryan Poe's comments is that he thinks that they're going to trade it. Me, I couldn't take nothing from Ryan Poe's um uh, his comments. I actually mentioned this on Twitter. Um, I talked to someone earlier, and they kind of took it the opposite way of AJ. They said they believe after hearing that Justin Fields is definitely gone in their draft for Caleb Williams. But I was like, Ryan Poe said 
exactly what he was supposed to say, whether he wants to keep fields or trade fields. Like he, he didn't true. give you anything, you know, I mean, because in the, the but the biggest thing I took from it is that we will know the Bears decision in less than two weeks. The legal tampering period starts on March 11th in the NFL. So that's when you can actually negotiate free agency. That's when all of the big that's when the tier one dudes usually negotiate hey, Dre, and come to an can, agreement. Yeah. They can actually agree to a trade term right now. Yeah, this is where Alex Smith got uh traded. Yeah, Alex right. Washington right. got traded. Right, yeah, he got traded during Super Bowl week, so they can agree to a trade right now that would just become official when the league year starts. So that's why I'm like, hey, you're gonna know something about Justin Fields with within the next week. You have to, yeah, because no. it's a perfect opportunity for everybody to be there. You don't need to make no phone call. You don't need to send no text. You write in the same hotel as them. You could bump into them at lunch, at dinner, you know, outside of the actual facility um, of the stadium where everyone's going to be participating in their workouts. But, you know, either way, you're going to learn something. They're either moving Justin Fields or they're keeping Justin Fields within the next week. And as you said, AJ, we're going to know that answer soon. And there was a comment, I don't think that was played in that that particular video that Jamal played, but there was a comment that Ryan Pose made afterwards. I don't remember the question verbatim, but the question was along the lines of, when do you hope to come to a decision on Justin Fields? And Ryan Pose said, tomorrow. Like, I mean, basically, I want to have this done quickly as far as, you know, getting this done. And he mentioned this in the video that Jamal played that, you know, he doesn't like the gray areas, and it's not fair to Justin Fields to kind of keep him in a limbo about his future, especially knowing that you want to get something done. If if that's your plan of getting a trade done with Justin Fields, you want to get it done before free agency because you want him to get a leg up on any job openings available at the quarterback spot before any free agency, before any free agent quarterbacks can get those spots. So he wants to give Justin Fields a leg up if that's the if that's the th what they want to do is trade Justin Fields. So that's why I said we are going to know in less than two weeks. It's, it could be tomorrow. You know, it could be the end of this week. But the point of, the point is we're going to know before March 11th what the Bears do because right now the Bears control the draft. Like the Bears are sitting at the top. They are controlling everything that's going to happen after them. And they get to actually decide and control this in March. They get to set the tone of the draft in March. And we're going to know soon. And that whatever they decide, whether they decide to, you know, trade fields or whether they decide to keep fields, it's going to absolutely have 100% impact on what Washington does at number two. Yeah, I think I'm, it, I'm I think with it Justin, bro. Everybody. It's, it's all. It's all setting up for that man, that man, uh, uh, Caleb to, to be a Chicago bird, bro. That's all it is, bro. That's all it is, man. We <laughs> but, just gotta accept but, it, man. But let me, let me, let me throw something out there. What if, what if Caleb Williams just intentionally bombs his interview with the Chicago Bears? He has Come no reason. <laughs> no, like I'm, I'm being. I'm I know you. I know you. I know. I know. I know, you're, I know you're asking about the hypothetical, like. No, I'm, I'm like, just, I'm just saying, like. He really could show them with his actions and not his words that he doesn't want to be in Chicago. Well, all right, what about this? This is something I've actually been thinking about. And this is something I don't know if a lot of people have kind of put a lot of thought into this. What if the Bears like Jaden Daniels more than Caleb uh, Williams? Because that's a that's a thing for a lot of people. Uh, I mean, you see people like Merrill Hodge. I mean, now Merrill Hodge doesn't work in the NFL front office, but you got to feel like that's not a minority opinion to say that someone else might be QB number one. And what if the Bears like Jaden Daniels more? And what if the Commanders like Jaden Daniels more than Caleb Williams? Like, I mean, I'm sure that Caleb Williams will probably be at the top of every, uh, most teams' quarterback boards. But what if there's a few teams that say, I have Jaden Daniels rated over Caleb Williams? And that's where the real fight is. Yeah, I think it's I think it's all realistic. I mean, kind of went through the same thing last year with the CJ Stroud and Bryce Young episode. Um, you never know which way they're gonna go. Like as a consensus, we all believe that Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in this draft. And the top three teams all need quarterbacks. So it really could be anyone. They they could fall in love with um Drake May, you know? <laughs> Who who knew that they were gonna pick um what's that boy name that they picked number two? Trubisky. Oh. 
Yeah, who knew that yeah. they were going to take Mr. Trubisky over Deshaun Watson? I won't even say Patrick Mahomes' name, but Deshaun Watson coming off a national championship. Like, no one thought that Mitchell Trubisky was going to be the number two pick overall. Like, that didn't even sound realistic, but you never know what some teams are looking for and also the connection that they feel within those interviews. I don't think y'all are wrong. Um, I think there is plausible uh, scenarios that can really – I think the, the biggest thing is, like, really seeing, like, somebody slide. Like, think about it like this. Uh, AJ mentioned, like, body language being an indicator when he when he has these interviews or conversations that he was – that he – in the hypothetical that he doesn't want to be with the Bears, but – or that he doesn't, he doesn't want to get drafted by them. But what about – the idea of like, what if he's actually not good in the interviews? Like, how do you how do you depict that? Because what if he's interviewing with several other teams and they get the same exact vibe that the Chicago Bears get? Um, I mean, obviously you're gonna take somebody because like he's a talented quarterback, right? Somebody's gonna take him in the first round. But I think like all of these different scenarios can like be a double-edged sword in that same vein. Um I remember I saw this video from Drake May about breaking down his game, and I really wanted to watch this today, but just time didn't allow me. But he broke down his game uh, in some film session. I forgot who he was working with, but um, uh, he was working with uh, Sam Howe's uh, twin, Colt McCoy, one point oh. But think about it like this, bro. Um, who was I thinking about? Oh Lord, I want to get him credit. I want to say it was. May- Maybe it was Randy Mueller or maybe it was Brian Mitchell. Um, I can't remember, but um, I yeah, dang, that's about the that's really about to drive me crazy. But point being, whoever I heard this from, it made so much sense because it's like, how can you trust, like, for example, somebody who makes consistent, consistently makes mistakes like on the field, like they make the same mistakes over and over again? How can you trust the person uh who's able to tell you exactly what's going on? But they say they make the same damn mistakes over and over again on the field. Like they can t- they can walk you through the process, but they just keep messing up on the field. Like that in itself can be a red flag. <laughs> so like from that standpoint, I thought that, and that's why I was like, I want to listen to this. But I, I I'm hearing good reviews about Drake May breaking that down. But I wonder what me I want I wonder what they spoke on specifically in there, and like even what that would look like in an interview. Because if you don't, if that's a person. Who's breaking down like a uh the good and bad, like is the bad some stuff that you've seen throughout his seasons in, in North Carolina? And that would be yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, it, it was uh Randy Mueller that had brought up that uh that point. But, but even in those situations, like I haven't watched the whole thing yet. I watched maybe a minute of it. Uh the sit down, I think is Josh Norris and uh Colt McCoy. But even in those situations. Uh, behind behind the scenes, when when that interview is even set up, they allow the prospect to pick the game that they want to highlight and pick the plays and break and and focus on the good and the bad. So it's like it's some stuff that you're already prepared for going into it uh, because they're having. So you do got some control. It. Yeah, you have control because they're going over these details with your representation. It's all PR at the end of the day. That's why they're doing it. It's to get that extra leg of PR to say like, oh, this guy can dissect the film and also he's showing, you know, actions of doing so on the field. Uh, so that's where it gets interesting when these actual interviews happen with these teams because they don't have any damn clue what they're walking into. They may not even talk football with them. Like they may just talk about other sports or what's going on in the world. It may not be anything related to football at all. So if he goes into a room, Drake May, whoever, any prospect, and they ask him to break down a play, they're not necessarily prepared for that moment. They're prepared that that could be a question, but at the end of the day, they have no clue what play that is. Whereas in an interview setup like that with Colt McCoy and the other individual, he already knew in advance everything they needed to break down, key points to hit, publicists told him key words to use, don't use. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. a really. I'm it's glad you said fabricated. that. 
That's, and somebody um in to AJ's point, some I had seen I, I didn't see the interview as well, Ma. I just saw the little snippet of it. But someone had mentioned to that point that they didn't elaborate on the flaws that Drake may kind of try to touch on a little bit. Like they kind of laughed and joked about it, but they didn't really go into more detail about some of the bad things he put out there. And you know, I, I probably would like to see more of that because that would tell me, okay, he sees what he really did. They went into detail about what he did wrong, what he can do better, or what he saw here. So I mean, I do agree with AJ. It does sound like more one of those fluff things. But I mean, getting back to, I mean, and Justin brought up something in the chat. He said I was in the weeds with the, um, I think he was talking about the Jaden Daniels conversation yeah. that hypothetically <laughs> be over. But no, I'm not saying that Jaden Daniels is my guy. I mean, like, I mean, I do like Jaden Daniels. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's my number two quarterback in this draft. But what I'm saying is, I don't think that it's far fetched to say that some teams may kind of like him a little bit more. Maybe not even the team itself, but maybe some people in the organization, they may like him because Merrill Holge is not alone in his uh, opinion that Jaden Daniels is the number one quarterback. I've seen a couple of different like analysts say this. So you got to feel like maybe, maybe some teams probably do think that. I mean, I don't buy into a lot of the stuff that's put out there about Caleb Williams, you know, especially about his character. I think a lot of it is bull junk. Um, I think it was front office sports. They actually put out an article this week detailing how um, Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it now, you know, they've allowed pe- anyone to get a blue check. Anyone can, you know, mm-hmm. put themselves that. out there yeah, as, as verified. And with that, they kind of put out stories that get funneled and people believe it to the point where you don't even know where the original thing started from. And, and one of those things with Caleb was about the ownership thing. You know, there's never I haven't seen one substantiated source confirm that Caleb Williams wanted partial ownership in whatever team drafted him. You know, um, and, and there's a couple of other things out there about Caleb that just hasn't been substantiated, even the stuff about him wanting to possibly uh, do an Eli Manning to get out of getting drafted by the Bears. None of that has been substantiated. I mean, it's, poss- it's possible, but I haven't seen anything concrete on that. But anybody can make this stuff up and run with it to the point where you start to believe it. But, I mean, regardless of that, I mean, that goes back to, you know, you all were talking about if he possibly interviews that. Now, I do think a bad, especially multiple bad interviews for Caleb, that could possibly hurt him in a sense because people are already kind of generating other things about his character. You know, they're talking about him crying in his stance, which I think is bullshit. I mean, I, that doesn't bother me at all that a guy goes and cries in his stance. I even heard Al Gaudi talking this morning about the painting the nails and, you know, he was saying how immature that looks or NFL franchises aren't going to want a quarterback that, you know, is doing immature things like that. You can't do that at the next level. Again, that stuff doesn't bother me, but I don't know how much stock NFL franchises put into that. You may have some petty people out there that are knocking Caleb for these type of things. But all I'm saying is that you you have to prepare yourself for the possibility that they could like somebody more. I mean, this is the Bears we're talking about. I mean, obviously, Ryan Post. He, he wasn't the general manager when they had selected Mitch Trubisky, so you have to kind of give him benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, you just never know what some people value or what they're looking for in that type of quarterback. I mean, anything it can go either way. You know, you know what's interesting is is like Raheem Morris kind of touched on it today. Uh, he pretty much alluded to in an interview uh, that he had with uh, one of the reporters from CBS uh, Sports. He he pretty much like marriaged the quarterback selection to also the fabric of that particular city that you play in. Um, you know, that's kind of why I thought that Drake may would be perfect for new England Patriots uh, because of how, how their culture is, uh, is designed also their community. Uh, now with Bill Belichick being out of the picture and Gerard Mayo, you know, not fitting the typical mode of what they're accustomed to. Times is a bit different, but, you know, Raheem was pretty much getting to the fact, like, this is a predominantly black city, and most of our supporters are African-American. You know, Michael Vick played a big role in that, being uh, one of the the favorite teams among black audiences. Uh, They're used to electrifying type quarterbacks and, and getting that entertainment buzz. Um, it's pretty much the, the Hollywood of the South, you know, it's, it's more layered than just even on the field. Like, yeah, you have the field aspect that you're breaking down, 
but it's also from a cultural standpoint, how is this person going to coincide within this community? And I appreciated Raheem doing that on a public standpoint because those are real things that happen, like the marketing aspect. How are we going to market this individual? If Atlanta ended up wanting to select Drake May, does he really fit within the the mode of the city, what they already do from a marketing standpoint? Can he really push ticket sales, all those things aside from what he's doing on the field? Like, it's just things that head coaches don't normally say out out loud publicly, but uh, I definitely seen Raheem catching some heat from some fans in regards to that, but it's real. Like, you want to know if the guy that you're drafting within the top 10 at the quarterback position is someone that you can market. Um, that's why the Caleb Williams thing connected to Washington has been so heavily tied to one another because he's from D.C., new ownership group, uh, no face of the franchise. Like, you don't really have blue chip players. You can market him on and off the field. Uh, even with Jaden Daniels, you can market him on and off the field because of the electrifying things that he can do within his game. And he's a Heisman Trophy winner. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting just to add into the conversation. Not sure if uh, if you guys uh, called it Dre and Ma. Oh, yeah. Ma, yeah, me, yeah me and Ma actually yeah, talked a little bit about right, that. Yeah, yeah, and it, 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 it went back to the Glover Quinn. <laughs> Glover, right? It's Glover. Yeah, Glover mm-hmm. Quinn. Yeah. Mentioned, yep, you got you know, it. But he was talking about, you know, from a, yeah, he was talking about from a head coaching standpoint at the time. But, you know, it can apply to the quarterback situation as well. Like, does this person fit with what you're trying to do? And I know that, you know, Raheem probably shook the table a little bit with his comments. But what I love about that is Raheem Morris is unapologetically himself and he's standing on what he believes in. And he's saying, hey, you know, I believe my city will be best represented by someone who kind of who relates to the city in a sense. Atlanta is one of the most affluent black communities in all of America. So, you you know, if you're, you're building a franchise, a quarterback in that situation, you're a business. The NFL is a business. You got to market this somehow and you can market and relate more to your audience with somebody who looks like your audience. And that's all Raheem is saying. And I know some people are going to take that the wrong way. But I don't see the problem in him kind of putting that out there. And that's just a truth that a lot of people don't want to probably talk about because they think it's some underlying racial tones and all of that. But I don't think so. He's mm-hmm. just saying that this guy will Being represent real. my city. Yeah, he, he, he said, you know, this is we want someone that can best represent this city because we're not just running a football team. We're running a business. We're running a community like we, we are in the community we're within the people here. We You know, we're, we're trying to breed leaders. So you want someone that can kind of relate to the audience that you're pulling in. Like AJ said, a lot of those fans are black fans. I mean, yeah, of course, that's not the only fans they have, but that's a big part of what you're doing. So for me, I had no issue with Raheem stating that, and he was just saying what would fit that city, man. I just think um, it's the last thing for me. I think one of the, the bigger examples, just to even understand it, because we DMV, uh, Lamar coming up to Baltimore, bro. Like, he fits Baltimore perfectly, perfectly, bro. And and like he's immersed in the community, bro. Like where he from? Like Baltimore don't scare him, bro. But like that's in a good thing. Like he can he can step around like where he need to if he want to, you know. And the city gonna love him. And guess what? Uh, there's videos of uh Tucker out there making moves in in the in the trenches, bro. Like hanging out with people. Like it ain't nothing. It ain't nothing for some people, bro. As long as they immerse in the community, bro. You just don't be. Like you, like people, people gonna mess with you. Also, as long as you good, but as long as you good to the team and the community too, they are gonna be there for you, bro. But I think Lamar is probably the, the best example of that. Um, but to that extent, like I, I, I agreed with with Raheem too. Um, but I also, I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, even though I would have understood it regardless, I understood it even further when I heard Glover kind of break it down from his standpoint. Um, so I was like, damn, like this, this shit is a real thing from a marketing standpoint, but also like seeing somebody because quarterback is the most important position if it ain't if it ain't your head coach like you gotta figure out somebody who can really like galvanize the community and bring them to the games and, and have something for for them to believe in so um it's a good point it's a real good point um all right so that's gonna wrap it up for us uh fellas aj Drake. first off i don't even know how this recording thing gonna work y'all then it's like i think we got two different drays two different saints Three, two different saints. We're going to figure this thing out. 
Um, but uh, uh, where's I at? Oh, um, I'm gonna try and get us uh another draft guy. I don't know what's going on with bro. The ones that we've been talking about. Um, so we're going. I'm gonna try and swing to swing another direction for uh draft guys. But I think it's gonna be a good time after the the, the, the combine drop uh finishes, so we can kind of get a, a full blown view of that um combine plus uh some profiles uh i got a couple people in mind um but yeah that's gonna wrap it up for us dre aj y'all boys be safe um we got any breaking news like kate uh like justin fields being traded it's gonna happen in a couple of days you know what i'm saying we or, or the number one pick getting traded <laughs> oh yeah maybe 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 number one pick being traded no washington getting up to number one who knows I, I i'll put it out there i'll let it exist <laughs> will man hey man perfect timing because i almost cut the, cut the stream off i appreciate you will man you always showing love bro um as always so i appreciate you big dog appreciate you showing love to the drop and dive uh channel to the game man so that's gonna wrap it up for us y'all boys be safe everybody be safe enjoy your weekends all that good stuff Get out here. yes sir Damn, set, huh? Watch him throw the ball. We gon' pick it off. You gon' let him hit the hole, or you gon' cut it off. You gon' play through fourth and long, or you gon' punt it off. Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is Trap or Dive.